Open the podcast bay door as hell. Welcome to episode 48 of Welcome to Geek Town. I'm your host, Kurt Onstead. I've been a proud geek all my life, being into role-playing games, board games, sci-fi, fantasy, and especially superheroes and comics. And I want to help others join me in those pursuits. But I've found that sometimes people can get overwhelmed or feel left out because they don't already have what some consider the requisite knowledge to be considered a fan. And that's where Welcome to Geek Town comes in. Here, you can ask your questions without feeling like a gatekeeper is calling you out for not yet being fully versed in every aspect of your new interest. It's patron shoutout time again. This month, special thanks go out to Utuk Zul, Julio Herrera, and Lyndon Onstead. Thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. Remember, it's just a dollar per month to join in and help out. Just visit patreon.com slash welcome to geek town to sign up. Speaking of our patrons, Julio Herrera asked me a question a few months ago now that I still haven't gotten around to answering. He wants to know more about a specific hero that was published and appeared in radio dramas in Mexico and Colombia named Kaliman. Unfortunately, I don't have any first-hand knowledge of this character, and my research attempts have not gotten me much more than a Wikipedia page. Since I really don't want to be the white guy explaining a foreign culture to people, I'm on the lookout for someone who has read slash listened to Kalimann's adventures that would be willing to be interviewed for the show. If that's you or you know someone who would be able to help, please email me. In the meantime, however, this, along with the trailer for the upcoming Black Widow movie, did get me thinking about heroes in the Marvel and DC universes that originate from other countries. With so much of the action taking place in the US, those characters are much more rare than American heroes. In fact, the recent Doomsday Clock story from DC used that disparity as a story point. Let's look at a few examples of non-U.S. heroes from the big two. This week we'll focus on Marvel's attempt at populating the rest of the world, and we'll look at DC's efforts in a later episode. These days, the best-known character Marvel owns who is homed outside the U.S. is Black Panther. I talked with economist Matt Dobro way back in episode 12 about the country of Wakanda. Since that African nation is fictional, though, I'm not going to go into too much detail on T'Challa or other characters from countries that only exist in the Marvel Universe, like Silver Sable of Simcaria, Horus from Madripoor, or Doctor Doom of Latveria. 
When the X-Men was revamped with giant-sized X-Men number one in 1975, writer Len Wein specifically picked or created characters from around the globe. The German Nightcrawler, Colossus from the Soviet Union, Ireland's Banshee, Storm from Kenya, the Canadian Wolverine, and Thunderbird representing the Native American tribes, in addition to American holdover Cyclops. However, once they joined the X-Men, these characters have been mostly centered in America. We want to focus on characters that actually live in the countries they represent, so we'll move on from there. Marvel's second attempt at popularizing a batch of international characters all at once was not nearly as successful. The 1982 miniseries titled Contest of Champions, Marvel's first published miniseries, brought together characters from all over the world to fight one another as pawns of the Grand Master and the personification of death, called the Unknown in the series, but later retconned to have been Death herself. In addition to some of the more well-known American Marvel heroes, a number of characters from different ports of call were created by writer Mark Gruenwald and artist John Romita Jr., or brought out of comic book limbo. With names like Arabian Knight, Shamrock, and Blitzkrieg, many of these characters were as stereotypical as you're picturing, and have mostly been forgotten. I'll bring up a couple of the more successful creations later, but now let's move on from completely international groupings to teams and individuals from a single country. With Captain America being so popular, it's understandable that other countries would want their own captain. The most well-known of these is Brian Braddock, a.k.a. Captain Britain. Brian's adventures were the first original stories printed by Marvel UK, an imprint published exclusively in the United Kingdom, despite the stories being written and drawn by American creators. Two years after his first being published, Captain Britain was finally seen in the U.S., helping out Spider-Man in Marvel Team-Up number 65. His original costume was mostly red with a yellow heraldic lion on the chest, but was redesigned by Alan Davis in 1981. The current costume, worn by him for many years, then his sister Betsy in the recent books, resembles the Union Jack flag of the United Kingdom, much in the same way that Captain America's costume is influenced by the Stars and Stripes. Although his powers are magically based, most of Captain Britain's adventures have been part of the X-Men books, specifically Excalibur. In addition to Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler, Brian teamed up with other British heroes in the book, including his eventual wife, Megan, a shape-shifting fae, and MI-13 agent Pete Wisdom. That's over twice as important as MI-6. Pete is a snarky spy with the mutant power to create and throw hot knives from his fingers. Coming back across the pond, Wolverine, who was mentioned earlier, was revealed to have worked with other Canadian superheroes as part of a team called Alpha Flight. Our neighbors to the north are protected by this government-run team, a common theme for non-American superhero groups. 
Team leader Guardian, whose armor allows him to fly and manipulate magnetism, is usually seen in a uniform that includes a stylized maple leaf, similar to the Canadian flag. Other notable team members include Guardian's wife Vindicator, who later takes on the Guardian name, Sasquatch, Shaman, Snowbird, Puck, and mutant twins North Star and Aurora. North Star is probably best known to the general public as the first Marvel hero to come out of the closet in Alpha Flight number 106. Alpha Flight was created by writer-artist John Byrne, whose family moved to Canada when he was eight, and is one of the few non-American teams to get an ongoing title published by Marvel. That book was very successful, going on for 130 issues in its first volume, and the team has been an important part of the Marvel Universe since their first appearance. Staying with other countries that have had friendly relations with the US, Australia has had a few heroes. Strangely, two that have seen the most use are Manifold and Gateway, both of whom are aboriginal characters that have teleportation powers. I guess with Australia being so isolated from much of the rest of the world, it makes sense to have a way to get there and back quickly. Another Aboriginal Australian named Dreamguard was briefly seen in Forceworks in the late 90s. And of course, you can't talk about Australia without having a character named Kangaroo. The first one was a Spider-Man villain. The second one also started out as a criminal, but has been seen on the side of the Angels in its 2012 appearance in Spider-Man Ends of the Earth. Kangaroo has a super suit that, naturally, gives him a kangaroo-like appearance, allowing him to jump high and fast, attack with his tail, and it has a hidden cannon in the pouch. Moving north from there, Japan has had a few heroes and anti-heroes breakthrough and become more well-known, including one team that got its own movie. The team known as Big Hero 6 is very different in the comics from the characters you may have seen in the movie of the same name. To give you an idea of how different these characters are from their movie counterparts, Baymax is a bodyguard robot, not a nurse robot, that can transform into a dragon, although he's still created by young prodigy Hiro Takachiho. Created in 1998 by Steve Siegel and Duncan Rouleau, this team of superhumans was put together by the Geary Corporation, working with the Japanese government. Their membership has fluctuated, and at one point included X-Men supporting characters Sunfire and Silver Samurai, also from Japan. Israel's hero, Sabra, was created in 1980 by Bill Mantlo and Sal Buscema, first appearing in Incredible Hulk number 250. She is one of the characters that was used in Contest of Champions, but has gone on to appear in a number of stories over the years. As a super strong mutant with a healing factor that has also been trained in armed and unarmed combat from a young age, Sabra has been quite a formidable fighter for the Jewish nation, specifically as an agent for the Mossad. The name Sabra means native of Israel, 
as well as being the name of a prickly pear. That second part is reflected in her costume, which at one point could fire paralytic quills from her cape, and her personality, which is very cold and aloof. She has been shown to be very hardline in her attitude, especially towards characters from Arab nations, although she does occasionally soften. Moving on to less friendly countries. Russia, or the Soviet Union pre-1991, has been the in-universe birthplace of a number of Marvel characters, including Black Widow of the Avengers and the previously mentioned Colossus of the X-Men. However, very few of the characters created between the 60s and the 80s from the USSR were presented as heroic, unless they defected as part of their storyline. It wasn't until Kurt Busiek's run on Iron Man in 1998 that we really see a team of patriotic Russians that is presented as heroic in their own rights. The Winter Guard, consisting of previously seen characters Red Guardian, later known as Steel Guardian, Russia's Captain America equivalent, including a near-indestructible shield, Crimson Dynamo, mostly seen as an Iron Man villain previously, Darkstar, a mutant with Dark Force powers, and Ursa Major, whose mutant power is the ability to transform into a humanoid bear. That was the original lineup. With the exception of Ursa Major, all of the nom de guerres have been taken on by more than one person over the years, allowing the characters to be presented in a more positive light than their original versions. This team, or some version of it, has fought for their country and the world in crossover events like Maximum Security, Kang War, and Monsters Unleashed. Going eastward from there brings us to China. Like Russia, most characters from there were presented as villains for the first few decades of Marvel's publishing career, with exceptions for people like Wong and Shang-Chi, who were born in China but spent their heroic life in the U.S. More recently, we've seen a couple of teams out of China come and go that have helped out their American counterparts. The People's Defense Force was introduced by Dan Slott, Christos Gage, and Koi Pham in Mighty Avengers in 2009. Unfortunately, most of them were killed in the same storyline that introduced the group. Slightly more recently, Matt Fraction and Salvador La Roca introduced a team of armored heroes called The Dynasty in The Invincible Iron Man number 513, released in 2012. A couple of those team members died when Thanos invaded Earth in the Infinity storyline, which you can hear more about in Episode 3. But the Chinese government agency known as SPEAR added new members, and they are now known as the Ascendants, and have been seen as recently as 2017. A few solo characters have also come out of China and Tibet, including Fat Cobra, one of the immortal weapons along the same lines as Iron Fist, and Zorn, the real one, not the one that was Magneto in disguise, 
that's a long story. Staying in Eastern Asia, the team known as the Agents of Atlas includes a few characters from this region, in addition to Asian American characters like Amadeus Cho, discussed in episode 44, and Silk. South Korea is represented by White Fox, Crescent, Io, and Luna Snow. These characters were created in conjunction with Korean game studio Netmarble for the Marvel Future Fight mobile game, then later introduced into the comics. Wave, a character from the Philippines, is also a regular part of the team, and was created by Asian-American Greg Pak and Filipino artist Lionel Francis Yu. In the past couple of years, Marvel has been creating characters specifically for the Chinese market, and we have seen new characters like Arrow and Swordmaster each get their own ongoing series, in addition to showing up in the Agents of Atlas book just mentioned. One thing that sets these books apart from previous attempts is that the creative teams include Chinese writers and artists. Both of these books are split in two, with the lead story written and drawn by creative teams matching the character's home country, and with the backup story done in a more traditional American style. It's definitely an interesting experiment, and a nice way to get a new perspective on comics and superheroes. As I mentioned near the beginning, many of the characters that have been created over the years have relied on stereotypes, good and bad, to flesh out their personality. By actually getting writers and artists that live in the country being portrayed, we get to see a more complete picture of these cultures, which helps us to better understand their point of view. Now, obviously, I can't cover every single Marvel hero from outside the U.S., but I hope I've introduced you to at least a few new ones, and maybe given you some information you didn't know about some you may have already heard of. Are there any important ones you feel I missed? Or did this topic bring up a question you want answered? Either way, I'd love to hear from you. Please send me an email at welcome to geektown, spelled out, at gmail.com. Or you can ask your question or leave a comment anonymously if you prefer by clicking submit a question at www.welcome to, the number two in this case, geektown.com. Other contact options include facebook.com slash welcome to geektown or twitter at geektown podcast. Also, if you'd like to support the show directly, come join the Patreon at patreon.com slash welcome to geektown for just a dollar per month to get access to full scripts of the shows, outtakes, and a monthly shout-out. You can also help the show grow by subscribing and giving a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts to join the Geek Town City Council, which helps other people find the show, so we can all tell them, Welcome to Geek Town, Population, Us. Welcome to Geek Town is written, narrated, edited, and produced by me, Kurt Onstead. Theme music is by Aaron Lovitz, logo art by Archie Santana. All of their sound clips are the copyrighted material of their respective owners, and no infringement is intended, falling under fair use.